Hey everybody, it's David with Team Voodoo Gunworks and the Rebels Only Accuracy Podcast. Uh, you're getting ready to listen to the Q&A with Allison Zane and Regina Milkovich, but I wanted to make a quick PSA uh, to everybody before you get into it. We had a little bit of connection difficulty for the first 10 or 13 minutes or so. Uh, it seemed to be more on uh, when Al- Allison was uh, talking uh, than Regina. Uh, but I just want to make the PSA so everybody knows the entire podcast won't be like that. I tried to clean up the best I could, but if uh, if it's if it's uh, that annoying or, or unbearable, just skip to the 13-minute mark, and that's where we really get into the meat and potatoes anyway. But just wanted to let you know it's not your speakers, and it's not going to be the entire podcast. Uh, from the 13-minute mark on, It's uh, everything's fine. Anyway, without further ado... Welcome back to the Rifles Only Accuracy Podcast. We have a really special one for you today. I'm here as always, or usually with Dave. Say hi, Dave. Hey, what's going on, Jacob? Oh man, oh man, I'm just I'm I'm so excited about this. I am I'm really happy that we've got the we've got Regina Milkovich and Allison Zane on with us today. Say hi, ladies. Hi. Hello. <laughs> All right, Allison, you're you don't you, you don't have a whole lot of words, do you? Uh, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Very good. Well, we've been, we've been, uh, hopping this one up for a while. We had, uh, said a few podcasts ago that we were going to get these ladies on and talk about, uh, their shooting. And uh, I've got a list of questions. I asked everybody to send in questions to the rifles only accuracy podcast email, ROAP at rifles com, And we did get some questions that came in quite a few of them. Actually, uh, there was uh, a lot of you guys who came in, I did get repeat questions. So, uh, if I uh, fail to identify you as one of that person that had that question, it was somebody somebody else that already had that question come up. So we're going to try to condense this a little bit because I think that I think that we're going to have a lot to talk about with these ladies. Um, first off, just the first thing that that I want to know personally, uh, Allison, what what got you into it? Yeah. So um, basically, it was my parents. So my parents are both police officers, and my dad, he's also a firearms instructor. So when I was younger, they really wanted to introduce me to just firearm safety and just shooting because, I mean, that's always been a part of their, their life. So when I was around eight, it's kind of like first got introduced to um, just shooting in general. Mm-hmm. And then I was around 11 or 11 or 12, maybe, maybe even around 10. I got signed up. Uh, I signed up for uh, a, a small bore, like four positional uh qualification program at our local club mm-hmm. where I basically just learned with a, just a pretty basic rifle with a sling and peep sights, um, just how to just learn the fundamentals and kind of positional shooting, which has really made me a, a really well-rounded competitor. And then I moved away from the NRA program. There's a four positional type of shooting. I went to just own long range shooting competition at a local range at, in Ohio. Um, and I always thought it was really cool to be able to shoot like a thousand yards or so. I was basically just able to learn, you know, about the scope, uh, and things like that. And once my dad kind of saw that I was taking a lot of interest in it, 
Um, he started taking me to the local NXK2 matches, so the Rimfire stuff. And I really just took a, I really just ended up loving, loving it when I was around 13. And then I got to experience my like first big national competition with the NRL 22 championship, which I didn't see well. And that really just shocked, I shocked myself with that. And it really kind of fueled everything after it. And then moving into the center fire competitions. So then I, I kind of moved to fire competitions after that. Uh, my, my dad had to build my first rifle. And from there, I've been, I shoot the regional Sierra series, the national day series, uh, still rimfire. And then now I'm And that's about it. All right. How about you, Gina? What got me into it? Yeah. My husband, my husband tricked yeah. me. He tricked you. Yeah. He totally tricked me. I think I've probably told this story about a thousand times, and I know you know it. Um, he needed a spotter, and that 2009, when well, he went to the shot show when it was in Florida, I went out and got drunk with some friends and broke my wrist. So he said, well, you're really not good for anything except spotting, so I'm going to put you behind the spotting scope, and you got to look at that target at 400 yards and let me know when it got hit. It was like a full-size dipstick back then, because Allison, we didn't always shoot tiny stuff. Um, and these guys were they missed it, but I was worried about calling stuff. I'm like that target way over there. He said, "Yeah, like, I want to do that. That looks really cool." Because 400 yards seemed really far to me. It doesn't anymore, but um, <laughs> that's what got me into it. I get tricked. <laughs> All right. Well, it's 1,200 feet. You know what I mean? It is pretty far. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, it's not that far. It's like four football fields away." <laughs> yeah, what? exactly. What? And I'd only really seen three gun and pistol stuff before that. Um, and I thought they were not exactly the nicest people and all the mm-hmm. precision rifle guys were awesome. So, um, so they made me want to yeah. shoot with them because they were so friendly and like, Oh, you're left-handed here. Try my rifle. So, um, so I liked it. I thought the people were cool. Yeah. And shooting lefty makes Sindra go the other way, doesn't it? Um, I have Bindi, so I'm yeah. okay. <laughs> okay, all right, good, good. Yeah, we came out with that product a long time ago here in the industry, so it worked out real good. All right, well, listen, uh, thank you, ladies. What I want to do is I want to get into the questions that were sent in, and we're just going to go uh, back and forth. Uh, y'all can you know, say kind of what you do on these things. First one's up for you, Allison, and, and after that will be for Regina. What does your dry fire practice look like? So, basically, I do... 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes uh, every other day when it's a non-match week. And I run pretty simple drills, just a lot, a lot of dialing, a lot of movement. Uh, and then usually I incorporate whatever I find that I struggle with at a match. And then for a match week, I usually do 15, 20 minutes again um, every, every day leading up to that match. And occasionally I will if I have a match book from a match from like the same match I shot the year before, I'll incorporate some stages that I shot from that match into the practice. Okay. Very good. Where, where do you do your dry fire? Do you just do it there at your house or you go to the range for it or what? So I just do it in my, in my garage. I have an indoor dry firing system. Okay. So I know that I just, I have two barricades. I stand your barricade with, a wind barricade, I can run a pair of skill stage blood levels, and I have something that kind of mimics tank crap and like a planted type of 
anything that you can shoot off of, and then I have a couch. All right. Regina? Uh, I'm taking notes on what Alice is doing right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so am I. <laughs> I, I think I, we're all huge fans of her. Yeah, yeah. And that's a, that's a lot more dedication than I think I've been putting in. Um, and the results show. Um, I don't dry fire nearly that much. Um, usually if I go to the range, then I'll dry fire a few times before I go spend an ammo on stuff. And we've got a couple of things at the house, but not nearly the setup that she has. I, I do have the indoor dry firing system and um, we use that. So that took me probably a year to figure out it was supposed to be at 11 feet, not 11 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't slow. And yeah, and we've got docks all over the house too for dry firing as well. Um, Sometimes, like, Tim likes to use his tape. I'm not quite tall enough for that. I'd have to be like Allison and shoot off a pillow. Mm-hmm. So I used to just use a chair in the kitchen, but as unstable as possible. That's it. And it's not nearly as frequently as, as Allison. So. Yeah, okay. All right, well, back to Allison. Um, is, there, is there any one thing that you do during every dry fire session, uh, or is it always mixed up based off of, you know, matchbooks and things like that? Um, I always, so when I start, uh, every time I go fire, the first thing I start with is I have, uh, I have like five positions picked out of the barricade that are really straight apart. Mm-hmm. The same five targets and mess with the, uh, with the amount of files. Shoot five positions, five targets, five targets, and then I dial for the next target and then I move. So that incorporates a lot of movement and then also dialing to lock it on. But also, I just feel that it's always a good thing for me to start with. And then I can either work simpler with it by practice or I can get a little more difficult from there. Gotcha. Gotcha, Regina. Um, I don't have anything that I do consistently. Usually it's whatever I, I have seen in match videos or that I sucked at at a previous match. Um, so, the last probably year or so, I've been trying to incorporate a little bit more with tripods since that seems to be what all the kids are using these days. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to fumble it on the clock. So um, I practice with those, lock it in, using a bag on top, using a tack table. And sort of actually kind of similar to what Allison's saying with multiple targets and dialing. Um, I practice a lot with holdovers and hold-unders as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so usually I'm running through those every time because I'm slow, so holdovers and hold-unders sometimes actually benefit me. So. All right. Cool. Uh, Allison, when do you know you've had enough for the day? Or are you just saying, I'm going to set a timer and I'm going to do this for 20 minutes? So, usually when I go to my practices, even if maybe I'm like five minutes in, but I see something that maybe I'm tired or I'm just not, I can tell I'm not having good practice. Usually I'll just kind of put my gun away because I find that if I continue going and try to like push through and make it make things work that aren't working I feel that if I kind of set my gun down and come, try to come back later and come back the day after it kind of works out better I don't create bad habits because that's one of the worst things that I think I did when I used to practice for maybe an hour a day I found that I'd get tired after 20 minutes because I mean you really only shoot for it's a one-day match for 20 minutes, which 
around for the for the rest of the time. So usually just kind of when I get tired, I think 15 minutes is pretty much up. Yeah, you can feel you kind of get to the point of diminishing returns and say, okay, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty smart. Regina? Uh, I usually only practice about five to ten minutes. Same thing, though. Don't want to develop bad habits. And, um, yeah, so that's about it. I don't – are, mine are so short that I don't really have to worry about catching, like, not wanting to be there. Right. But, <clears throat> well, I've trained with you for a long time, and I know that, you know, you'll be hard-pressed to find a, another shooter that, you know, absolutely knows the fundamentals. But even you and I have seen in my shooting and, and in your shooting, too, uh, they'll they will drop off over time. You need to get back and you know get get back to them. So that's that's good that you know you just don't don't keep pushing and start to develop bad habits. Both of you guys. So so that's really good. Um, all right, Allison, what's your ambitions for the future in your shooting career? Um. So basically, I just plan on continuing to um just work hard kind of and see how far I can go where I can go in this community this sport and I feel good about where I'm standing right now so this year hopefully I can continue to get my best and still can be a good ambassador sport and be a good role model and kind of seniors and ladies and others just involved in the sport and yeah, basically just kind of try to keep learning gain as much experience as I can Awesome. Awesome. Hey, David, can you put uh, can you put a pause on this real quick? Yeah, one second. All right, we're good. All right, uh, you, Regina. What about what about you in the future? Are you shooting? Um. Well, I I would like to say that I'm going to be cheering on the sidelines for Allison since she's got 300 points so far and is doing the AG Cup. Um, I'm hoping actually to get back into shooting next year. I've pretty much had to take this year off because I went back to work, but I'd like to get back. Um, I probably won't be shooting as much. Like I was shooting like 15, 16 matches a year and that'll probably drop down to maybe five or six next season. That just means I'm going to have to work a little bit harder and actually practice a little bit more than I have been to make it worth it to go to matches. But, um, Alice is kind of leading the way for the ladies right now. Um, I appreciate how much work she puts into it. It's my goal was 300 to get a 300 and I never could quite get there. Well, I couldn't yet, I should say, because there's still hope. Um, if I don't break a hip, but, um, <laughs> in the process, but yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping five or six matches and, and to do well. I'd like to win another couple more. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, Allison, any negative experiences in this sport based on your gender? Um, no. Everyone's been very welcoming uh, from my experience. I mean, I've never really started, struggled with the gender issue uh, more. It's just been like my size of encountering things where my height comes into play and having to stand on things and trying to be able to reach certain positions, but everybody's been pretty helpful with that. And I've never really had a negative experience with that or gender. 
interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was probably thinking the same thing when that came up. I, I have to ask, but, you know, it seems like that, you know, you've been down here and, and shot, and uh, I know that, I know that, you know, I've, I've been in this industry for a long time, and it seems like shooters are, are very welcoming. It doesn't really matter what gender you are or what you look like or what color you are or anything else, which is which really makes this sport something that, you know, we all like to be a part of. How about you, Regina? Um, I experienced it in the beginning, but that changed when I started beating people. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird how that works. Um, somebody had told me at one point that I was no longer somebody's wife that got brought to a match um, to appease them and became a competitor and that people stopped looking at me the same way. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, in the beginning, yeah, the first couple of club matches that I shot, I didn't know what I was doing, but the very first one I went out at and Tim told me everything to do and I came in, I don't know, fourth or fifth or something. And the next match, the guy showed up, they saw me and said, yeah, we'll just help out. And the month after that, they quit showing up. So uh, I helped thin out the, the sissies. Yeah, you scared them away. Yeah. Oh, yeah they have them back. <laughs> yeah, that's good for you. I mean, I know that, I mean, when whenever you were, you know, you won your nationals and Allison won her nationals. My wife and I were over here, you know, just big smiles on our face saying, yep, they're making the boys cry again. It's all yep. <laughs> I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Um, here's one that's kind of interesting. Um, and it, it, it's kind of weird. We do the, we do the same thing here. Uh, we kind of mix our classes. We don't really make, you know, the young guns compete against the young guns and women compete against women and then all that other stuff. We kind of mix them all up. How do y'all feel about that? Do y'all think everybody should be in the same class or is this, this division, um, something that that's good in, in your mind? Um, I think that everybody can compete on the same playing field. Where I think it's, I think everything's really fairly equal. To where, as long as you put the time and commitment in, you can compete with everybody else. So I mean, I don't think there's anything that really makes any anybody else have an unfair advantage or disadvantage. Yeah, Regina. Um, I'm kind of, I have a foot in both camps. I think because I I see the benefit of awarding the top junior and the top lady at a match. But my goal's always been top five or better. So, I mean, I, I want to win the match. I don't necessarily want to get the top lady trophy. It, it's kind of like a um, a participation trophy for me. But yeah. I, I get it as being a motivator to get other people into the sport and get more women to show up, more juniors to show up. If they know that there's a chance that you know, they can take a trophy home, everybody feels good when you get something that rewards you for, for doing well. So, um, and as, as some of the NRL 22 matches that we shoot, I, I shoot an open, and I don't, like, I won't take the, the lady trophy to get to somebody else. I, I want the first place. So, um, so I, I think when you're at a level, like Alice and I, Allison and I are, that that shouldn't that's not necessarily in our our focus like yeah i'm gonna go get a top lady we're, we're thinking no i want to take home first place yeah. so um the other stuff is nice but i want first place but if you're just starting in the sport and you're one of five or six women that are shooting a match and that is what you get to take home then then yeah good for you that, that's awesome yeah. a whole bunch of trophies that way 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I know, you, Regina, we've, we've trained together a lot and we've had, we've had this exact conversation before. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've always felt like that uh, women were, cert- I mean, in this sport, not at a disadvantage at all. You know, who's going to, who's going to come out in, on top is how much you're putting into your training and, and getting your mindset right. Agreed. Yeah, very good. Uh, Allison, you got to be interested in uh, competing overseas anywhere. Um, yeah, I definitely do. Um, like I haven't done any international competitions, but, um, it seems like the, they're going to have a world championship match in Hungary next summer that, uh, I really hope that I can qualify for because I really think it'd be something really cool to experience just to be able to see, um, you know, how well I do, how well, you know, the U.S. will do and, it's really cool to meet other shooters from other countries because I know for me, I talk to some of them, you know, over some of them will ask me questions on Facebook or Instagram and, you know, things like that. So I think it'd be really cool to just talk to them and see what, what their experiences in the sport is, is like. How about you, Adrian? I want to go to Australia. Hmm. I want to go uh, visit my, my homies over there. Um, the Australian version of the PRS, those guys crack me up. They come up with some of the craziest stages. They're more insane than you and my club so like that sounds like a good idea let's do that and their, their stages are insane um so that one's on my bucket list and i like to go shoot a match in ireland also uh but yeah so i'd be totally down with shooting an international match pretty much anywhere yeah I'm be good. <clears throat> i've done it before and i'll tell you it is it is awesome to go meet you know people that you know come to one spot from a lot of different countries and uh yeah it's it's amazing you know the the perspective that you get on you know how people think and, and what they're doing they just uh, uh there's a buddy of mine alan overton he just pulled off a match down in in western australia and i i hated that i couldn't be there i just I really wanted to be there but they you know you can't even get into the country now so i don't know how that's going to work out we're going to be over there with walkers. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's all the news that, you know, someone sneezes in Australia and they shut down the country. I feel terrible for them. Yeah. I, I have uh, one really good friend that, you know, he, he wants to come over again with his wife. He, he was here a couple of years ago and then they can't even get out. I mean, they can't even leave like their small town area that they're in. And I think that came up just again here recently. I mean, like within the last day or so that they're, they're clamping down again. So it's a rough one, but yeah, I've, I've shot in Australia. It is a blast. Uh, I've shot in um, a few Eastern European countries too. And it, it's always fun to go over and get a different, different perspective. All right, cool. Allison, is it still as fun for you now as when you first started? Um, yeah, I definitely, it's definitely still as fun as, um, as when I started, there's just a lot more stress involved now. I would say at the beginning, there weren't really expectations or pressure, but now that, you know, I've kind of grown the sport and kind of branched out and things like that. Um, I just try to make sure that I don't take things too seriously. I still have fun and try to be still competitive and not put a lot of pressure on myself for a while. And that's kind of how I, kind of keep it fun is just, make, just I gotta make it fun for myself I gotta remember that there's always another match things happen you'll have a bad match and just uh, move on and have fun keep a smile on your face awesome would you like a piece of advice from a very old shooter <laughs> <laughs> make sure it's always fun yeah. 
Thank you. It's I, always fun. I try to. I try not to put a lot of pressure on myself because I do want to perform well. And it's something that, um, you know, I know a lot more people are watching me now and probably expecting me to do well. But like I said, at the end of the day, just kind of make it fun because that's why I started. I started to go shoot with my dad to be able to spend time with my family and meet new people. Well, don't lose sight of that. Don't lose sight of that because it can it can um, it can wear you down if that if what you're doing for fun right now becomes to where it's work. You know that that changes things. It, it certainly changes things. How about you, Gina? What do you think? Um, it started feeling like work for me. So mm-hmm. yeah. uh, this, this year off was forced, but I think it's actually uh, good for me to to take a little bit of a break and remember that. I mean, our club's rules are be safe and have fun. So. If it's not fun, then why are you doing it? And if you're not being safe, then you're not having fun. So those are the two that we tell everybody that suits our club matches. And the last couple of years, yeah, it started feeling a little bit like work. So um, now it'll go back to being fun. I've had a couple club matches, and they're a blast because I don't care. And we're normally just kind of BSing with each other and making fun of each other the whole time. And that puts even it lightens it up quite a bit. Um, Allison, I got news for you, girl. Everybody's always been watching you. Females, we're, we're still so few and far between on the line, and juniors especially. Everybody's watched you since you started. So um, we can't help it. We're, we're better looking than the guys, and they all look the same. <laughs> so yeah, hats and ears and beards, except for Jacob. Um, and not Tim. <laughs> but, yeah, we, they've all been watching you the whole time. So. Don't don't worry about the pressure. That that comes and goes. You're doing great. So um yeah. Thanks. Keep having fun, kid. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh I'm gonna leave that one for a little bit later. Uh Allison, what kind of advice would you give to other young guys? Um basically that's what we were talking about. Just go and have fun. You know, uh, I would definitely start with, you know, learning safety and definitely learning good fundamentals because if you don't have good fundamentals, like, you know, good trigger pull, follow through, things like that, it just, it makes it hard to get started. And then you're learning, you're trying to fix things as you move along. So kind of learn those fundamentals first. And then also, I would start with the rimfire stuff, being for a junior shooter. It's a great place to start. It's it's very laid back compared to the, you know, even like a club match or just anything center fire, but also maybe just go to a match and watch first before you even start competing, just to see what it's about, talk to people, you know, maybe even see what with some reliable gear instead of just going out and you know, buying things too. I see a lot of people come come around and just they bought things and they come and they see you like, oh no, this is better for the sport, so. Just things like that. You started talking about the fundamentals right away. I, I need a I need a break. I gotta go get a tissue. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That is really, really good. How about you, Regina? What would you do for young shooters? For young shooters, I would say um, pretty much the same thing. She's better to advise young guns than me. Um, having good mentors helps and having your parents vet your mentors. So mm-hmm. you actually some people that know what they're talking about and won't blow smoke and right. getting good training so that your fundamentals actually are where they should be. You're not being taught garbage 
Right, right. Yeah, that's true. As, as a as an instructor, I get that a lot. You know, it's kind of like uh, you know, I told I, I, there's a certain list of people I could say, okay, if you go here, uh, this this is where you're going to pick up you know new ways to new ways to skin the cat. But if you go over here, it's going to serve with a bad example. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think you know, getting good training and doing that is 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 always good. Allison, how do you how do you mentally prepare for a match? Um, I don't really do a lot of mental preparation. I kind of just try to relax. I don't get myself all worked up or get nervous. I just try to focus, have fun, and just stay positive through the entire match. I like to say um, toxic positivity because even if things are not going my way, I just try to keep a smile on my face and keep shooting and just get through the match and have fun. Well, it's working. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. You, Regina? I have a list of, uh, like, a, like a checklist of things I need to say to myself because I need constant positive reinforcement. <laughs> Again, mm-hmm. I'm slow. So, um, reminders that I don't suck, basically. That I say when I'm on the line, right before she said, I go through my head when I'm driving to the range. Um, stuff that I don't normally share what is on that list because they're very personal to me. But mm-hmm. things that keep my my focus, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It depends on what the temperature is outside, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what, what, what do y'all have? Spring and then and then hot. Yeah, I'm. I've decided Oklahoma is not the place for me. Like, I don't ever want to go there again in the winter. Every time I've gone there in the winter, it's been really cold and snowing. And um, give me a hundred degrees, humid or not, any day of the week, and I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you live in the wrong place. Right. Yeah. All right, cool. I think we already answered this other one about the set schedule for training and or just when time permits. You know, we've covered that one. Uh, Allison, here's one specifically for you. Um, and you've answered it. You've answered it already. I just want to see if you had anything else. There's a question that says, what can parents do to support young female shooters? I think you've already covered that in your in your uh, remarks earlier, but I didn't know if you wanted to have anything else to say about that. Um, I would say just make sure that it's something that they want to do. I wouldn't, you know, pressure them to go and, you know, go compete, you know, keep it fun, you know, make sure it's fun with you to do it with your parents. I know that's one of the things that I've always been drawn to is that you know, we keep it fun, we do it together. And just, like I said, just don't don't pressure your kid doing, just take your kid shooting and have it be something they want to do to where that if they start to like it more and more, They'll want to do it more and more. Right. Right. Very good. Very good. I'm moving to another email that came in. Uh, one of the questions that already been answered, uh, but this one specifically for Allison shooting near six Creedmoor. Uh, how many how many rounds are you getting out of it? Um, from my competition barrels, I usually pull them at around fifteen hundred rounds because I never let them go over that, especially if I'm going to a match. Because I don't want that kind of thing in the back of my that idea in the back of my head that my barrel might go out. Yeah. So I can still use in the practice, um, but once I see things start slowing down, like my velocity starts to slow down, I pull them. Like when I shot um, the Rockets only match 
think was I think last year it was. I was shooting the barrel with I think seventeen hundred rounds down it, and it was uh-huh. so great. So it just it just kind of depends or it varies. Hey, I, right. I'm gonna. But you're you're, you're uh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna ask. Uh, what bullet and what speed are you running in that? If I don't know if I'm stepping on somebody's question for later, but throw it in there. No, you're not. Um, so I shoot, uh, right now, 115 DTAC, um, at around, I was running around 3,000. I used to run around 3,030, but now I run around 3,000. So not, not super fast, but I mean, they're they're considerably fast. Oh, no, compared to what everybody, that's, it's just, I just wanted people to hear that too, that you, you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. I think everybody's slowed down about 2,800 running burgers and and you're beating everybody to death with a a 115 DTAC over 3,000. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Very good. Uh, Let me move on to the next one. That question has been answered just in conversation. All right. Regina. Mm-hmm. Yes. You already answered that one too. <laughs> hey, we're talking about, the question is if you had 30 minutes a day at home to practice, what would you do with that time? And y'all kind of already answered that, you know, working off of the barricades and, and all of that. So I'll just move on to the next one. Um, here's one. How important is your equipment and what is your most important piece of equipment? Regina, tackle that one first. Uh, most important piece of equipment is my brain. Right. And what was the rest of the question? <laughs> Let's see. How, 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 important, how important is your brain? <laughs> <laughs> well, when it's firing on all cylinders and I haven't worked all night, um, <laughs> it does pretty well. Yeah. Um, I, I think equipment is, your equipment is only as important as the, the nut behind the trigger. So, um, if you've got stuff that you have faith in and not that you just read about on the internet or you saw somebody go win a match with, you think, man, that's cool. I'm going to go get a six dasher in the latest setup or whatever, thinking that that's going to help you win a match. Um, it's not going to do it. You actually have to have the brain engaged and working through problems. So I've seen guys do pretty well with Remingtons and cheap scopes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You want to tackle that one, Allison? Yeah, so, um, I mean, equipment is very important. Um, it's really important to know what works for you and being able to practice with it and knowing um, how to use it. So, like, I know for every, everybody, certain things work better. Like, I personally like chassis. Like, I shoot an MDT ACC chassis. I know some people like socks. But um, uh, looking at, like, one particular piece of equipment, definitely my rifle, because my rifle build is, I find, to be very reliable for me. I never really have any, I don't have any problems during matches, where, uh, like, Tradition Customs, they build my rifles. Uh, I have a Defiance machine, Rucks Action, Hawk Hill Barrels, and then my Vortex Gen 2 Scope. And then, like we talked about earlier, I shoot a 6 Creed. And my gun runs flawlessly for me, so I t- as long as my head's run right, nothing really can go wrong. All right. Do you think you would do as well if you were shooting factory ammo, or is the reloading pretty important to you? Um, reloading is definitely really important because I don't think that you can really be 
competitive in the sport unless you have a good load of your rifle that you're shooting a decent group because every detail is important when it comes to that stuff. So, I mean, like I have to, I'm constantly changing things with my rifle because I'll change powder lots or bullet lots and I'll see things change. So if I'm getting over um, one MOA group size of 100, then there's something going on. I got to redo load development. I don't. I just. I disagree, Jacob. Yeah, go I ahead. Think, I think that there are plenty of people who've won shooting factory ammo. Mm-hmm. Um, bit a guy at K and M who I think he finished second shooting 308 with factory ammo. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I mean reloading is important. But there's a lot of rabbit holes you can end up falling down with that stuff, and there's a lot to be said for being able to just go buy buy a box of buy a case of ammo and go shoot a match. Um, I won some club one doing that with factory two two three. So I don't I don't think it's impossible to do. Right. I think I think if you've got a gun, I mean George Gardner's been saying that forever. If you can shoot under an inch at a hundred you can win a match. And yeah. while the targets have gotten a lot smaller, the fundamentals haven't changed and the skill set hasn't changed. So if you can build a stable position, you can hit stuff. You just have make sure that your whatever you're using for ballistics works well, and that you know your velocity, and you know what your wind calls are. It's fine. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, ammo can get. Uh, I I think Regina hit it on there, and I think earlier too when she was talking about good mentors and all that. It if there's anything that you can get bad info worse than fundamentals and stuff online or from anybody else, it's it's loading ammo. It can get uh, there. There is uh, there's a lot of ways that work, but there's a lot of ways that that don't really do any good, or you can get off into the weeds and and really get yourself in trouble. Any reloading group ever anywhere on the internet? Yes, it's bad. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, let's let's not just you know tag reloading groups. It's pretty much any topic. That, yeah, that's true. Bad. That's true. Yeah, because yeah. any anything ends up being some little squirrel, whatever. They they're awful. Some of the advice that I read on there, it's like I've never heard of you. Why are you giving advice on this topic? Yeah, I hear. I mean, I, it's um, you know, I, I love Frank and I love Snackerside, but holy smokes. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to see why uh, a lot of uh, bigger names stop posting after a while because it gets it gets exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, there's a there's a place for that. There's yeah, a place is. for you know the people to come in and stuff like that. But I, I just, I mean, it, 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 going off on a tangent here, you know, that we just get so upset with you know people that come in and you know they're asking a really legitimate question, and uh, they get an answer that is just like uh, WTF. I don't get that one. Yeah. We got a local guy who asked a couple questions online, and I sent him a message. I'm like, dude, you've got like you've all of this skill in your club that you could be asking this, these questions of, and we'd be happy to provide you with the actual legitimate answers But you're going to, you're basically going to the middle of the town calling out your answer. And then you wonder why the solutions that they're giving you don't work because you're, you're not listening to competent people. Ask the people that you trust and that, you know, and that you, you've seen actually are credible, not any Joe Schmo at the, at the range or whatever, they'd be like asking them. I don't know. Sorry, I'm going to go off on a tangent <laughs> about that. But 
knock yourself out. <laughs> no, I, I well, think, I mean, yeah. that's not the only place that I've ever been. Now, listen here, little lady, was on in online groups. If I gave advice way a long time ago, it would be like, oh, sweetie, honey, whatever. Like, like I can kick your ass on the range. Shut up. You don't even know what you're talking about. But rather than get into it with them on an online thing, I just quit quit commenting on them. I'll watch them and I'll read and I'll grab my popcorn, but I don't answer very much. Uh, thankfully, I don't get that anymore. Uh, it seems like Melissa Gillen gets most of it these days um, with the Hey There Little Ladies, but um, thankfully I haven't seen Allison get that or she'd have a whole bunch of like French moms coming out. Um, but yeah, so... No, oh, she's done really well staying anyway. away from the the forum drama. I would I would keep doing that. It's it can get rough. yeah. <laughs> well, you think you got to think about you know Allison's age. You know she hasn't a lot of a lot of those that you're talking about that I'm thinking about. You know with that whole the little lady stuff. You know that was that was from you know years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And so now you know um, you know every every shooter that's out there uh, pretty much at one match or another has been beaten by a female at least once. You know what I mean. I mean, yeah. so, you know, once that happens, it, it kind of lets them know. Um, I don't know. I went through the whole journey with you, Regina, you know, on as, as you know, training with you, uh, you know, to get you to that point, you know, and always, always felt like, always felt like, you know, I'd watch you shoot and it was just like, you know, perfection. So she's got her fundamentals down. And, you know, I felt that that mindset was what you finally broke through in, in just looking from the 30,000 foot view. You might disagree with me, but. I, I knew that you had the skill in those matches, you know, well before you won one. And then, you know, just little things would happen, you know, little things here and there. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, it was just getting it to where you had that, that mindset more correct than it was in the past. Um, and, you know, I mean, no one was happier than, than me whenever you pulled that win off out in California in your first one. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, I think that that kind of relates to, you know, the reloading as well, because, you know, um, I, I am I am of the opinion that I would rather shoot than reload. But I'm sitting here looking at all of my reloading equipment. You know, so I can't really I can't really say all right. I'm just a just a, a box ammo kind of guy. But on the other hand, I kind of feel like that. You know, this game and Regina, you and I have talked about it many many times. You know, it's it's more it's more mental than it is physical. And yep. I think even Allison touched on that. I'm keeping her head straight. And everything else and staying positive. And it is more mental. It always has been. I mean, it always has been more of a mental game. In fact, you know, I, I think I even made a T-shirt that proper application of the precision rifle is more about thinking than it is about shooting. Um, that one, believe the bullet, all these other things. And I think that if someone has a thing in their mind that, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to reload this ammo and I'm going to reload it in this fashion and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test my, my, uh, my lots like this. I'm going to do my load development like this. If that's one of those things, because, you know, a lot of people, you know, it's a Zen thing for them, you know, go, you know, reaching for that absolute perfection on the ammo. And so that, that is part of that mindset too. You know, it's like, you know, I've got, mm-hmm. I've got total faith in this because I've, I handmade with a lot of love every single one of these rounds that I'm making. If that gives you a mental advantage, freaking more power to you. You know what I mean? Well, it's obviously working for Allison. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. And and I get it because I reload also. Um, we can't really shoot wackadoo cartridges if there's nobody making factory stuff for it. And it does give you a sense of control 
over mm-hmm. what you're doing. So, and the only place I've seen more type of personalities outside of a, a, a dispatch center is on the range. So, right. um, yeah. So that, that level of confidence with reloads, um, because you made it and you know what it does and nobody else has a load like yours is also kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and like I say, not to, not certainly not to, not to discount, you know, the, the importance of, of reloading if it's and, and again, I just, I don't know if it's a mechanical importance or if it is a mental importance, but my, also my answer is who cares? You know what I mean? If it's something that, you know, you feel like is important to do, absolutely do it. But I will tell you this, Allison, um, you could, you could beat everybody with factory ammo too. True story. True, True. story. True story. You could beat them with you could beat them with box quantity. I guarantee it. <laughs> it'd be it'd be really cool to see you go to um, tactical with factory ammo and a production rifle and win and take home like what would it be like six trophies then? You take them all home. <laughs> the thing kids. about it is there's no there's no freaking doubt that you would win that class. Yep. yep. There's not even there's not even a a splinter of doubt that she would win that class. Is Steiner trying to talk you out of it, Allison? Out of uh, tactical? Yeah. <laughs> no, quite. I like to talk at him a little bit about it. So I, have, I have a two-two-three now, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I could just bring a two-two-three to a club match or something. But well, you might as well I get a three hundred. What are you going to do now? Go on and get take over. Get a three hundred in tech class. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> She can do it with a two-two-three. There's no question. Tim did it down Absolutely. here at third place with a two-two-three. I mean, it's yep. shooting against everybody. There's a lot of people that are doing that. Mm-hmm. I tell you that I always goes back to that that gun I had. I had Moon built for me. You know, it was a two-two-three, three hundred eight, and then seven uh, WSM. And uh, it came in with a three hundred eight barrel on it, and I switched over to the bolt and barrel and, and put it in two-two-three. And I thought this is going to be a perfect gun. You know, I can shoot all of these different calibers. Damn, I never pulled that two two three barrel off. It's too much fun to shoot. <laughs> well, Allison, if it ever dips from being fun, take the two two three to a match because you'll have a blast. Oh, it's, with that. it's awesome. Um, it takes yeah. a lot of the pressure off because you you will know your gun by then if you're using it to practice all the time, and you're not your brain isn't saying, "Oh, I'm going to win." I mean, you will, but your brain's not saying that. Instead, it's, "Oh, I got to." I got to actually pay attention to my wind calls. Um, there's just a blast to shoot. I love shooting one at a club match um, because of that, because it's, it's fun. Yeah. I haven't gotten much, um, much time to shoot my two, two, three. Cause I haven't been, I've been home much uh, for most of the summer. Um, so I'm still kind of working on some little bit of load development on that, but I plan on trying to get that out um, in the during the school year and practicing for the finale and AB cup and stuff like that. Awesome. For both of you, what is your favorite match snack? <laughs> Do one of the South Texas guys come say, that who, one in? Who asked? Uh, I'm going I'm to I'm leave that. I'm, I'm not going to say. Only, only one I'm going to say who's asking questions would be, would be Oscar. Oh, yeah. Favorite <laughs> mm. match snack? Yeah, Do you have one, Allison? I don't. I barely even eat during matches. It might, that might be a nerves thing, but I think I have so much going on that sometimes I like my parents remind like you gotta drink something you're gonna pass out. <laughs> you don't drink some water. It's like a hundred degrees, and I'm just yeah. I'm, 
Yeah, I really don't have a mat- favorite match next. Well, you have to get one because somebody's going to be looking to sponsor you pretty soon for a, a match snack. So figure out a match snack and let us know. And I'm sure that they'll call you up and say, hey, we're going to send you an 18-liter load of this stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> Does, uh, do electrolytes and glucose tablets count? Yeah, <laughs> of course they do. Those are mine. Anti- Those are mine. Anti-inflammatory and monster. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Allison doesn't know about that yet. She's too young. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I live off both of those. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing nothing like nothing like you know three trips to the bottle of Advil during a match. <laughs> oh yeah, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, that other question did come up from Oscar asking Regina if if you had a pre stage checklist and you already answered that. So uh, yeah. next question comes up for you, Allison. Uh, what sugar weight do you run? Oh, this is going to hurt some feelings. Um, so I shoot a pound and a half two-stage trigger <laughs> on all my rifles. A pound and, and a half? Oh, uh, yes, a pound and a half. God bless you. <laughs> Told you that was going to hurt feelings. Yeah, yep. God bless you, Allison. Out there, always we talk about it. You know, we say, oh, somebody on the Internet said you had to have a six-ounce trigger to be competitive. Like, no, how about proper trigger control to be competitive? Mm-hmm. God bless you. I love you even more now. <laughs> your next question the second part of that question is what music do you have on your phone or what music do you listen to um probably a little bit of everything i mean i guess mostly pop music okay i don't think i've had, had anybody ever ask me that um <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah pop music and listen a little bit of rap maybe which my parents don't quite like when i put that on in the car mm-hmm. but now the more that i when i recently just got my permit so when i get in the car i say i'm driving i get my music yeah awesome. she, yeah, she can now drive guys so you're getting yeah uh, with a pound and a half yeah. trigger and she has a driver's license not, right. not even. I, I have i have my permit oh, i'm sorry <laughs> not guys, even no. my license yet yeah, she can't drive yet <laughs> So just just do just do one more thing for us. Just just go to a match shooting Factory Six Creed. We'll buy it for you. <laughs> yeah, you got a three hundred. You might as well try something, right? Yeah. You got a three hundred. Well, she, yeah, she's got a perfect uh, score for the year. Yeah. Oh yeah, the three hundred on that. I'm yeah. thinking three hundred win mag. Oh no no, no 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 no. That's awesome. <laughs> now she's really going into the into the tack class. That'd be great. Well, cool. Well, no, one of the things that I wanted to, I wanted to spend some time with is, you know, the, um, as, as whenever, whenever it comes to match experience, you know, the, you know, Regina, you have a ton more match experience than, you know, most everybody out there more than Allison too, because she's has, a, you know, been doing it for that long and she's just not old enough to have enough. Um, and I, I think that, you know, I, I would, I would love to see you two team up and, and be as a team in a team match somewhere. I mean, that would, you know, play like trouble, trouble. All the boys are going to be crying on that one. Um, you had anything that came out of your brain that you've learned just over the years that something you wish you would have known whenever you were fresh into it, like she is. Um, no, I mean, match directors aren't really as creative as we think they are. So they a barricade's a barricade, um, but yeah, mostly it just all falls back to 
people taking themselves too seriously. And if you're going to go shoot a match, go shoot with people that you can learn from, but balance it with people that actually make you laugh and keep you, um, keep you grounded. So probably that's it. I don't have any advice. (laughs) That's, that's really good info. Very, very good. David, you got anything? Oh, well, are we at the end of the questions or? We are. Oh, wow. Um, well, we talked about dry fire. Uh, so let's talk about, well, first, uh, well, I'll start over. I'll ask them both for Allison first. Uh, so you're doing 15 minutes a day now. Is that less uh, than you were doing or when you first, were you uh, pretty heavy loaded on practicing when you were first getting into this or were you still by 15 minutes a day? When I first got into it, um, I mean, when I first got into it, I kind of just would practice like the NRL 22, you know, like the bucket and stuff with my dad the night for a match just to kind of get an idea of what I had to do. And then when I kind of first got into center fire stuff, um, I would probably be down in the garage for an hour, mm-hmm. you know, with my, you know, with my dad. And now I kind of do it on my own now. But I, you know, once I kind of learned, I kind of saw myself looking back at it. I realized I didn't need that much time practicing because. In the end, I'd see I'd just be getting tired. I'd be creating bad habits myself that I'd see bring up at a match. So then I decided that I need to kind of cut back. And especially once I um I got into, you know, more I'm more involved in my schoolwork and things like that. I just haven't had the time to get as much practice like that in. So it's kind of a balance between school and everything else and just trying to keep it at a, at a good amount of time to get what I need in, but not create bad habits. Okay. And, uh, for, uh, for both of you guys here, uh, how much live fire are you, uh, would you say you're doing? Uh, for me, uh, about a match, just whenever I shoot a match, that's mm-hmm. really all the time I get live fire. All right. So you're dry firing almost a hundred percent of your practice then? Yes. Okay. How about Regina? How much live fire are you doing? Well, are you doing much of anything right now? I'm not doing much of anything, but I love live fire. I like the little bang. I, I like the mini explosion right next to my face. Um, so I, I find it much more gratifying than dry fire, which is also more expensive. Uh, that my husband likes to remind me. <laughs> That's expensive. You said dry fire. I'm like, I know, but there's so much satisfaction when you see where the bullet goes. And then you hear Jacob in your head going, believe the bullet. Quit trying the same thing multiple times, you idiot. So... <laughs> Um, I, I like my fire. I've been trying to go about once every two weeks, but sometimes work gets in the way. Are you, are you still running a bunch of matches or, or are you kind of backed off on that? Um, I haven't really helped with any of the matches this year. We're doing TPRC next month and thank God for the guys in the club because they've stepped up big with getting pretty much everything set. So I haven't had to do anything. My hours are so weird now. I'm working... 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., which basically means that I sleep all day. So um, we have that in September, and then we'll see what happens after that. Yeah, I'm with you. I went to an uh-huh. 11 p. to 9 a., and it's turned everything upside down for me. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, that'll probably be the, the last big match that I help run. Um, I don't think the club's going to do another one affiliated with anybody in the future. We'll just If they decide they're going to do something, they want to do outlaw stuff. Um, there's been some talks of doing one that says combines gas gun and bolt gun. So one day be bolt gun, the next day will be gas gun. Um, and 
it'll basically be two matches, but if you do well overall with both, then there's a combined trophy. That'd be cool. But no prize for that. So, um, so they're talking about doing something like that next year, but it won't be affiliated with anybody. Mm-hmm. So this may be the, the last TPRC. Oh. Hmm. We'll see. I've said that like four times, and we <laughs> keep having another one. <laughs> yeah, I started running matches, and uh, uh, I don't know if it was great to submit. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Allison, I saw a post the other day. Uh, you were thinking about switching to a different round. Are you still thinking about it? Um, I'm not necessarily switching. I'm going to try, uh, you know, practice with the caliber, maybe take it to a club match. But I plan on sticking with the sixth grade. It's always worked. That's what I've been shooting since I started. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try something new, just maybe to practice with, take to like some teacher club match, but definitely staying with the sixth grade. All right. Um, I think I think we covered most everything I could think of. I was listening to the questions and kind of just scratching off anything I had. Uh, Allison, uh, you want to shout out to any of your sponsors? Yeah. So all my sponsors are Short Action Customs, MDT, Vortex, Defiance. Armageddon Gear, Hawk Hill, 20s Comp Gear, Huber Concepts, uh, Long Range Arms, and then Voodoo Networks. Um, I'm very thankful for everyone that has really given me the opportunity to do what I do and allow me to travel and allow me to go out there and shoot and have fun. And thanks for you guys for having me on. No, thanks for coming on. Uh, Regina, you got anybody you want to shout out to? Sponsors, people, any, anything? Yeah, um, Jake's and Lisa, because they've sponsored me for years, uh, reps only. Um, I have a lot of the same sponsors that Allison does. So, Voodoo Gunworks, Defiance, um, Hawk Hill, Vortex. Um, I'm also sponsored by Chimney, Foundation Stock, um, Voodoo, uh, not just Voodoo Gunworks, but Voodoo Tactical, uh, Wee Bad, because they use all their bags, um, Long Range Arms. Nosler, Hodgson, and I'm probably still forgetting somebody. Just wait, Allison. You're gonna have to have like a list. Oh yeah. Every every week we 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 ramble on about it and never make a list and then always forget somebody. Yeah. Every time, every time. Well, I mean, when you start out, it's one or two, Mm -hmm. and it's not hard. But the longer you're in it, you know, with uh, 14, 13 companies that really believe in you, and you believe in their equipment. So you want to represent them and then you get open and up when you're on podcast. So, yeah. But, uh, uh, and, uh, I guess the last thing I got, I just thought about it. Ooh, uh, Regina, when's your next match? Are you really got one coming? Are you got one on the schedule yet or that you're going to shoot? Nope. Nope. I don't have anything on the schedule that I'm going to shoot. I'm going to, I volunteered to RO the PRS finale. So, um, cause I haven't been to Whittington. So it sounded like a fun time. And since I can't, I, haven't had the time to go shoot anything this year. Um, I can go harass shooters instead, so I'll have no pressure. Oh, yeah, throw um, stuff at them. Yeah, I may or may not have a cooler of beer that they won't <laughs> be allowed to touch. So, I'll taunt them. Not you. I'll have some room for you, Allison. <laughs> uh, Allison, what's your next match? Um, I believe it's the VPRC two-day match in Virginia. I think that's going to be the next one I'm going to be shooting. So, you better work on your positional girl. 
that's gonna I'm gonna have to get some practicing in for that because I get back to school here soon. So oh yeah, I forgot fun. that that fun. inconvenience of school. Yeah. <laughs> So, hey, Allison, just some advice with that match. Andy Slade is a Marine, so expect at least one stage with, with traditional and positional. Right. Oh, like unsupported? Yeah, yeah. like Jacob style. Cool. Oh, the mean yeah, guy. Yeah, the yeah, there's a lot of complaining about that stage last year when they had it at BIR. Um. So, hey, I won that one last year. If you win it this year, then that match will, can we say it's always been won by a girl then? <laughs> I, will, I will do my best. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Not even your best. You'll be like, you'll be fine. <laughs> oh, do, you, do either of you guys have anything you want to talk about or anything else? Or Jacob, anybody? I'm interested. Allison, how old are you? I'm 16. 16. And you just have the permit to drive? Yes. Do you have a boyfriend? I do. Does he know that you can kill him from like a mile away? Uh, I think so. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to get him to a match. But, uh, yeah, you need somebody to carry your gear. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you, need, you, need, you need a caddy for sure. <laughs> well, uh, just, just to both y'all, thank you. Uh, Allison, thanks for coming on. Um, I know that this was, you know, something that was very difficult to schedule. And I really want to thank Regina because I know that you're, you're having to play vampire, you know, up all night and sleep all day and your schedule's been screwed. And, and um, not only I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, but I also want to thank you for spending so much time uh, with me down here at Rifles Only. And um, it's just been, I, I, you have no idea how much I value your friendship as, as well as Tim's. Well, you guys are family. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. That's all I got, Dave. I guess we can uh, we can we get on the next on the next one. We'll do our sponsor list because this one's running kind of long. Oh yeah, and I think uh, I, I I mean this was just a, a quick Q and A and all. I think I'd like to have them both back on separately or together if they're willing and and do more podcasts because I don't think people are getting tired of hearing from them. No, absolutely not, absolutely not. These these are just a uh, just fantastic fantastic. I mean, I've been I've been so excited about having both of y'all come on here. It's just been great, and and again. Uh, good luck at your next at your next match, Allison. Uh, go and make them cry again. You'll you'll have you'll hear the cheering coming from South Texas. Well, thank you. All right, I'm gonna run some some exit music, and you guys stay on the line, and we'll finish this off. All right. Bye.